Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina, comedy content creator, recording artist, and actor, and you are listening to Nick Talks. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nick Talks, and this is me, Nikki Marina, your wonderful host. Today, let's dive into WandaVision, which just ended last week. Oh my goodness, like, (laughs) this thing has taken the entire world by storm. Like, literally, Disney Plus has been, like, so, like, has been getting backed up on Thursday nights, Friday mornings, because so many people are logging on to catch the newest episode of WandaVision. Or at least they were because it ended at episode nine last week. And then this week they're going to be doing a little making of episode apparently. So that should be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, WandaVision in review, like I said, and me personally, as a as a Marvel fan, both of the comics and of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like this is this was big because this was the very first big step made by Marvel Studios um after Endgame, I believe. Um and Endgame was just such like oh the build up to that movie, especially for those who read the comics, which is so huge. The Infinity Stones arc, the Infinity Gauntlet arc, taken from the Infinity Gauntlet comic series, like oh my goodness, when they first like when they first revealed Thanos at the end of um the first Avengers movie in the after credits scene, I lost my shit, guys. I like literally peed my pants because Infinity Gauntlet is one of my favorite comic books. Actually, this is a comic book that my husband let me borrow let me borrow when we were in high school when we were talking. Um so we kind of bonded over it. So honestly, that comic book has a very special place in my heart because of that and but just the build up to Endgame had been so so huge and to me like that's one of the biggest story arcs in the Marvel comics and so I'm like part of me was really really worried of like okay I feel like Infinity Gauntlet is probably one of the biggest things that you can do what the fuck like how the fuck are you going to top that like how where are you going to go from here like this is such a huge this is such a huge plot line <laughs> And um, and so for me, at least WandaVision was that first look into what is next um, for uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm sorry, it's not the first big move after Endgame. There was the, the Spider-Man movie afterwards, but even that can be considered a continuation or kind of like the last part of that phase. Um, but like I said, WandaVision is that peek into what's coming next. And let me say that, like, it did not disappoint. I should never have doubted. <laughs> I should never have doubted Marvel Studios' ability to impress, to surprise us. Um, you know, a lot of people had so many theories going into this, like House of M, uh, this being a way to cross over into the mutants world to bring in the X-Men. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen WandaVision, I highly suggest that you do not listen to the rest of this episode because it's going to get really spoiler heavy. Um but I think one of the big dick moves that Marvel made with this show was basically taking almost every single fan theory, leading people on to believe, like leading people on to certain um, uh, insinuations of of like characters that might appear um, both on and off screen, uh, you know, just being led by so many red herrings in this series. And then at the end, just having all of your fucking hopes dashed. <laughs> like none of them were real. None of them were real. The biggest red herring I've got to say is 
hiring Evan Peters to play Pietro, fake Pietro, like, wow, what a big dick move. Like, they really, really made us think that they were bringing in a multiverse, an alternate universe Pietro into the mix. And at the end, he just ended up being some random motherfucker in the neighborhood named Ralph Boner, <laughs> which is the most trolling name ever, Ralph Boner. Um, and, like, and, you know, with Marvel, you know, you can't rule anything out. So what might seem like a joke today might be very might be a serious plot point five years down the road. You just never know. That's the beauty of what's going on with them. But I loved learning so much more about Wanda. I loved that a female uh, hero was getting so is finally getting so much attention, so much backstory. Um, and it really, really, you know, and it was really painful to see everything that Wanda went through. Um, and then some new, you know, some new discoveries that we make as in, you know, Wanda has actually always had powers. Uh, the Mind Stone actually just enhanced her powers, um, granting her those powers of the Scarlet Witch. But she had always been somewhat of a witch. In fact, it's insinuated by Agatha Harkness when they go back um, into her flashbacks of her childhood that... Um, Wanda is actually the one that stopped that bomb that would have killed her and Pietro where they were stuck underneath rubble for two days. It seems like Wanda actually, with her very limited power as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, something like that, stopped that bomb. Um, so that's um, that's pretty insane. We got a look into, a little bit of a, more of a look into Wanda and Vision's um, relationship kind of right after Age of Ultron. Uh, which is, you know, it's a relationship that was honestly very skimmed over in the MCU because there really just wasn't time to develop that. Uh, you know, we saw we saw the relationship, you know, coming together in Civil War. Um, we see in Infinity War that they are actually an item. And then all in the same movie, we get to see Wanda kill him and then watch him come back to life and then see him get killed again. Like we and and even still with that very, you know, basic skim over their relationship, we still felt a lot for Wanda and die and giving an entire an entire series to her and an entire series to that relationship was very very much needed. Um we got to, you know, we got to really really see like how much they meant to each other. Um but honestly this was kind of a slap in the face for anyone, anyone who goes, who's going, who's gone through some mental health issues, um, it not, it, and I mean this in a playful way. Me being a PTSD veteran who has, you know, PTSD, generalized anxiety disorder, uh, major depressive disorder, and agoraphobia. Like I've, I've, I've got quite a laundry list of shit wrong with me. Um, but it it was definitely it it definitely connected with a, with people that have been through a trauma, particularly a childhood trauma, and used TV and movies to <clears throat> to basically escape into this other world to escape their reality. 
um, and kind of, you know, where you could just temporarily go to some idyllic world where you don't have to worry about all the terrible things happening around you. And you can see that that's what all of these shows were for Wanda that she watched, you know, Bewitched, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Malcolm in the Middle. It, that hit home for me because Malcolm in the Middle was definitely one of my comfort shows growing up um, in a pretty awful household um in a pretty awful family situation malcolm in the middle was one of my favorites and so once when they pulled that out when they pulled out the malcolm in the middle inspired episode i kind of like i was really really excited because i was like oh my god Malcolm in the Middle was one of my favorites. Oh, my gosh. And then later on, you find out that, yeah, no, that's because Wanda watched all these shows. That's where she got the inspiration for the, you know, these episodes, these these scenes in this world that she's created. Um, They they all came from her personal experience. Um, And I'm. I'm somewhat pleased, but not very pleased that I called it like I called exactly almost exactly what it was that happened, like how this whole thing in Westview happened. Um, Disappointed because um, because it comes from my firsthand knowledge of, you know, mental health issues and depression and grief Um, and, you know, to preface this, I I am not like a mental health expert or psychologist, a psychiatrist. I am just someone, um, who this is, this is a big part of my life. And so I know a, a little bit about it, at least from my standpoint, but, you know, I was, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching Wanda go through this. And I said to myself, I just said to my friends, I'm like, oh, she's, she's going through, she's having a dissociative episode, I feel like a depressive dissociative episode. And some of my friends were like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, well, you know, when, you know, uh, you know, when you're grieving, uh, you know, when you go through trauma, you know, a lot of us, we dissociate, we, you know, we dream up, make believes, make believe worlds before we go to bed to help us sleep better. You know, we, we escape into, you know, other worlds like anime, like TV shows, like, you know, we put ourselves there, like, you know, we have these, we have out of body experiences, because to be in the moment is too painful and that happens it happens to me a lot i have quite a few dissociative fuges and it really sucks um you know and there's you know and i know there's a very specific condition for people who who are grieving that have lost somebody and they dream up you know another reality or they dream they dream up that person to not be gone they dream up that person to still be alive and they have conversations with the person and they, you know, carry on as if that person were alive, kind of this alternate reality. And so I'm like, so you gotta, you know, understand like Wanda is going through this. She's going through grief again, yet again. Um, you know, and you know, and she just like anyone else, even Mm -hmm. though she's a hero, even though she's, you know, super fucking strong, arguably the strongest Avenger, like she's still, she's still a person and everybody is prone to depression, to grieving, to anxiety. Everyone's prone to that. But what happens when you are grieving, you, you know, possibly have a dissociative or depressive episode and you have the power of an infinity stone. Now that changes things. 
of course. Um, you know, and that's kind of, and that, that's what fascinated me. It was kind of like the, what if, you know, you know, this thing that happens to so many people, um, you know, this is something that, you know, a lot of people do, you know, not just Wanda, except that Wanda, in Wanda's case, you know, the reality that she makes up can actually come true, much to her surprise, much to everybody's surprise. And so it's, like I said, it's a very interesting what if, um, you know, seeing her or seeing Agatha force her to come to grips with the fact that, you know, you can't, you can't reverse death truly like, you know, there's just some things that you can't change and just, you know, the, you know, the journey for Wanda through all this, going through all this pain to come to, I don't know, some sort of closure or some sort of acceptance over what's happened. Um, I thought it was very, very interesting when Agatha lifted the um, <clears throat> lifted Wanda's control over the townspeople at the end, and they were basically like saying, you know, you know, please stop, you know, you know, when we go to sleep, we we dream your nightmares, we feel your grief, your grief is poisoning us, and I thought I don't know if anyone else caught it, but I thought it was a pretty interesting allegory for you know when you know you're going through a hard time, you know even though it's hard, you still have a responsibility to make sure that you are handling it responsibly in a way that doesn't hurt other people. And when you don't have, when you don't take responsibility or you lose control or, you know, by either by your fault or maybe it's not your fault, maybe it's just something that happens, but it just shows how, you know, your grief can poison others. Like how how your poor way of coping with loss and with trauma can affect those around you. And that was a very, it's a very hard truth for sure, but it is true. And that was a very interesting reflection to see. Um, like I said, it really, really hit home. Um, I, I would say, <laughs> I'd say the point at which I completely emotionally lost it. I started to lose it when Hayward, like, literally showed Wanda visions, dis like, like, he showed her visions body basically disassembled. They're cutting into this dude. And it's like, why the fuck would you show her this man? Like, you, that is so twisted. Obviously, we know, you know, from watching that, like, Hayward was definitely trying to put ideas in Wanda's head um you know about bringing him back but um like i i just i almost lost it because when i saw that i was like yeah if i saw that i'd go fucking crazy too i would go ape shit if i saw that too and then you know and then of course i think for everybody seeing that heart that vision drew over the floor plan of the house that he and Wanda were going to get. That's that's basically where I the tears started pouring and I was literally like, okay, I can't do this. I can't I can't do this. This is too much. This is way too much. It hurt. Like it, it I really, really started I really, really started crying. Um some really good quotes that came out of this one. Vision has always brought some pretty interesting quotes, honestly. Like every single movie. I feel like Vision is like the king of like super deep quotes and one that I think we take with us from this show one of the biggest ones is uh what is grief if not love persevering um 
And that's when he he's talking to Wanda right after Pietro is dead and um and she becomes an Avenger. What a, what a like what a cool what an what a cool quote. Um and then, you know, of course everything comes to a head and as expected, you know, Wanda has to let go. Um that is what that's probably the only part of the finale that was um that was predictable. Like, obviously, everything has to be resolved somehow, or at least some of it. I'm the one who went on TikTok and told people, I'm like, look, don't be a fool and expect anything to be resolved. Like, just expect to be completely uh, disappointed and to have more questions than you did when you started watching the fucking show. Just expect that. Manage your expectations. Um, So the one thing that was you know, probably predictable was that the hex had to come down. Wanda has to make everything right. And that means giving up vision and her children. And that sucks. Um, and it, the, the, the goodbye was just like extremely painful to watch, probably on par with the very first time that Wanda had to say goodbye to vision when she killed him. Um, but yeah, holy crap. So, so where are we left off? Um, so Wanda is the Scarlet Witch now that is something that has been bestowed upon her um and so we are going to see you know where that leads uh after this we know that um we do know that the events in WandaVision are definitely leading to the second Doctor Strange movie Multiverse of Madness and I think this and I think that the very last after credits scene is going to play very very heavily into Multiverse of Madness because in that scene we see Wanda has isolated herself in the mountains she is chilling out like getting in some fucking me time um and she's reading from the book of the damned um to learn about her new powers and stuff and just learn witchcraft in general because no one taught her how to be a witch honestly her the first lesson that she ever got was from agatha harkness on how to cast runes and that was kind of accidental um but um and then we we when we were watching her read this book and we hear tommy and billy her son's calling out for her from where we don't know um and and it just cuts off there and people have asked me what does that mean and so i'm like and and my husband justin he you know confirmed this with me we we talked we talked extensively about this right after the episode um but it's agreed that everything that wanda makes is real right everything that she creates is real um including the twins um they made sure actually they made sure to to um to ensure that we knew that those twins were real and even though their bodies cannot exist in that reality their souls very much could be extremely real as in still existent and now that we're opening up to this arc that seems to be dealing with multiverses different realms and now we know the extent or we have a better idea of the extent of Wanda's power I say that you know you know souls can go many different places and there's many different realms except you know besides the one that we live in here um that Wanda can access um and when I'm talking different realms and and such I'm thinking honestly of Vormir type shit 
You know what I mean? Um, and I don't want to get anyone too riled up or too excited about that. But honestly, like because of where Wanda is now with her powers and what we know about her, that makes a whole bunch of things possible that didn't seem possible before and i'm talking about people coming back i'm talking about natasha i'm talking about tony i'm talking about pretty much anything like the like the sky is the limit now honestly and um i'm interested to see how this transpires um there's just so much coming up um black widow the black widow movie you know there's just so much coming in the next few months that's gonna build up what's coming next and um and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see that. But anyway, I'm gonna we're gonna take a break here and then we're gonna come right back to um WandaVision in review. All right. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Nick Talks WandaVision in Review. Um the first part we covered, you know, some of the plot points and mental health aspects. In this um second part, second half, whatever this ends up being a half or part, whatever. Uh I I want to get into some character specifics, um, some kind of important rundowns that I think that we need to remember and acknowledge. I'm gonna start off with what I am probably the most um, what I'm probably the most excited about, which is Monica Ram- Monica Rambeau um, as Photon, uh, newcomer to the MCU as a hero, as a hero, um, and Monica is Maria Rambeau's daughter. Ma- Maria Rambeau is the best friend of Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel. Um, I am so so excited for um, for this because. Um, um, this is like this is a a dark skinned African American woman with type four hair out, you know, as a as a mainstay superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is so so amazing. I am so happy that so many um, so many black girls are going to have somebody to look up to in this universe um you know god knows we've been like we've been getting by on you know having to relate to these white men who i love in the mcu but nevertheless are white men and um and it's just really and it's really good to just have that representation and so I'm I'm really really excited. I almost cried during the part where you know Monica got her powers. Um, you know, it was honestly like very very emotional for me. And then I think the moment that we all saw um, her eyes light up with her new powers, we were like, "Oh my God, yes!" Um, and yes, and this yes, this is a very very big deal. Um, I know that there are people out there, obviously. We're like, why why do you have to bring race into everything? Like, why is it so important? I'm like, it is fucking important. It's very, very important because so many fandoms, you know, comic book fandoms, Marvel, DC included, a lot a lot of members of those fandoms are rife with racism. Uh, but despite the fact that Stan Lee um, had incorporated quite a bit of so- social justice into his comics, um, and that's the that's honestly the ironic part of it. I remember, you know, going to the Endgame premiere, um, and um, and 
at the end where Steve Rogers handed the shield over to Sam Wilson, basically dubbing him the next Captain America. Um, and it was such a big moment and it was such a big, you know, grandiose, um, somber moment because, it's, you know, first of all, like it's the end of an era of Steve Rogers who, you know, we've grown to love so much. Um, you know, we, this is a very emotional movie. This has been an emotional arc. You know, we just left Tony Stark's funeral. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, it was just such a strong beautiful moment but I remember thinking at the time I remember at the time feeling where I should have felt pride I felt terror I felt absolutely terrified um, because the first thought in my mind was not oh my gosh wow the the new Captain America is a black man a black army veteran. And that is so cool. That should have been my first thought. But instead, my first thought was terror because I was honestly terrified for the character. But number one, for the actor, Anthony Mackie, because I knew that many an angry fuckboy fanboy was going to come out and be like, what? A black Captain America? Wow. Forced diversity, racist this, race, like just a whole bunch of racist fucking remarks. Bucky should have had it. Bucky was his best friend. All this bullshit, you know, just completely ignoring the fact that Bucky is severely compromised uh, because he was at high, he basically worked for Hydra for years, regardless of, you know, him getting, you know, getting right afterwards. But regardless, um, I was just absolutely terrified of that. And I do believe, um, and I could be wrong, but I do believe that the actor received a lot of threats, um, dangerous threats from fans and stuff because he was the next Captain America. And um, and that was very expected. It was expected from me, at least, from the moment that um, Steve told Sam to try that shield on. I was like, fuck they're going to come for him. And so, yes, it is a big fucking deal. It is a big fucking deal. Every time a black a black person comes on as a hero, as a mainstay mainstay hero in a, in a large universe like this. Um and so we have Monica Rambeau as Photon, I'm guessing. Uh, she was, you know, she was a Captain Marvel in the comics before, but assuming you know carol is still holding the title of captain marvel um which is interesting because it seems like in the in the series monica does not want to talk about carol at all um it looks like there's some beef there um and a lot of the spec some of the speculation is basically that you know after the snap carol failed to be there for Maria, who was going through chemotherapy at the time. Monica was gone. Monica had been snapped away. Um, and so we're assuming that Maria Rambo had to go through chemo by herself and died alone, where I imagine Monica believes that Carol should have been there. And honestly, I fucking get it. So we'll probably learn more in, you know, in the next Captain Marvel movie or whatever is coming up next. Um, but like I said, we have Monica Rambeau as Photon. We have um, we have Sam Wilson uh, as ba- the Falcon, but now the next Captain America. And that is a that is a very, very big deal. Um, 
I, I, I've noticed that uh, Marvel is definitely incorporating a lot of diversity and inclusion, honestly, in their, um, in their media going forward. Um, Tiana Paris, Randall Park, uh, we're heading up this cast basically other than, you know, other than Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who are the obvious ones in the hex, but outside the hex, Randall Park and Tiana Paris were heading it up as agent Wu and Monica Rambeau, uh, Jimmy Wu and Monica Rambeau. And that is, that's cool. Like anytime I see any type of Asian representation, um, black, res- black representation, uh, I get really excited. And, um, that is something that really excited me. So I am thrilled to see what's coming for Monica Rambeau in this universe. Uh, I want to give a quick brush up on Agatha Harkness when she was first revealed. It was very interesting because that's like Marvel reaching deep into the bag of characters available um and um i and honestly i i had to do a little more background research on agatha harkness because i couldn't rem- remember remember too much about her um and so basically agatha was you know you know she was a witch from the salem witch trials um and in the comic she played somewhat of a mentor role to wanda uh even helped the avengers out at some point um and which she did agatha did play a mentor role in some way in wandavision even though she also kind of ended up ended up being a villain so she's kind of a frenemy now um wanda is keeping her in westview for you know just basically as her punishment for fucking around um and um and it's insinuated that we're going to be seeing some more of agatha um i'm really i'm really happy to see katherine hahn um playing this role especially when i've grown up seeing her play the side character play the goofy side character which in all fairness she was for most of wandavision until it was like surprise surprise no she is the big bad and that was such a cool revelation uh i remember katherine hahn back in like in Step Brothers, like <laughs> like you know she has been there i i feel like she's just always been a presence in the media that i've consumed you know, from my childhood. And so it's I'm it's really cool to to see Marvel put her at the forefront for something. Um I hope she comes back really soon because she did a fantastic job of playing Agatha. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely messy, and just the quirkiness, just everything that Katherine Hahn is fantastic at. And she's finally getting some considerable spotlight and that's really dope. Love that. Um so yeah, that's that seems to be the role that Agatha um Agatha is playing. Um there have been certain um references within the show within WandaVision. One of the biggest parts of WandaVision were the commercials uh which were disrespectfully reaching back into the most traumatic uh events of Wanda's life and and it's basically either like her subconscious or Agatha trying to bring out her subconscious and snap her back to reality. Every tagline in the commercials had a fucking, you know, it it had sort of a hidden message or uh, it was, you know, basically, in, you know, hinting to Wanda like, you can't escape. <laughs> you can't escape your reality. And I believe the last commercial, I think the worst commercial for me was Lot. Lagos, the paper towel commercial, um, 
where the paper towels were, you know, basically cleaning up red juice, but that red juice was definitely symbolic for all the blood spilled when Wanda accidentally killed uh, 11 people. I think it was 11 Wakandans, but quite a few people in Lagos in Nigeria uh, when they were on a mission. Uh, and that that to me was like, whoa, how fucking dare you? That's crazy. I'm surprised at the amount of people that needed me to explain that to them. But I guess unless you were watching these movies all the fucking time, like I definitely am, there are some details that you're going to miss. And so uh, I, but I had such a great time pointing out all these little details and stuff, um, especially in that commercial. Um, and perhaps the most ominous one or the one that might have the most implications for the future is the Nexus commercial, the antidepressant commercial, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of, like I said, another attack on people with mental health issues and because it's talking about like, you know, coming back to your reality and uh, symptoms may include more depression. It's like, you know, because it's true, because like facing your own reality and facing your depression can very well lead to more depression and shit. Um, but I explained in on TikTok what the Nexus was. And in the, in the comics, the Nexus is basically this convergence of all the multiverses, kind of this meeting point of reality. Wanda in the comics is cited as a Nexus being, um, as part of the Nexus. Um, it, honestly, there's a bit more research that I feel that I need to do on it, probably read some more up on it. But um, like like I said, definitely something that will come into play during Doctor Strange. Um, Doctor Strange was rumored to be the cameo <clears throat> that was coming at the end of the series. They kept teasing a cameo. They te kept teasing a cameo. Um, turns out the cameo was Paul Bettany himself, um, <laughs> as in Vision's actual body come to life. And so that was a fantastic troll. Again, congratulations, Marvel Studios. You played us. I hope you're fucking happy. It hurt. Whatever. Like, I hope you had fucking fun. Really, really do. Um, but, um... Yeah, there was, you know, it was, you know, he was rumored to be a cameo. There were so many fan theories about, you know, you know, uh, the Pietro was actually Mephisto bringing in Mephisto or, you know, or Pietro is actually Loki. Just so many fan theories that just got shut down by the end. Hilarious. Um, and then at the very end of the finale, we see. You know, oh, we're actually before the very, very end. But one of the the very first end credit scene, uh, we see Monica basically being contacted by a scroll saying that an old friend of her mom's wants to meet her up in space. And of course, we insinuate we know that that's Nick Fury, who has been chilling out in space for a while now, um, <laughs> for a long while, just tired of the bullshit and I completely get it dude like I would probably do the same fucking thing um so um so we've got we've got setups for so much um at least two movies that we know of Captain Marvel 2 and Doctor Strange 2 but again we never fucking know because you know what could be a joke or what could be trivial to us today in the MCU in two or three years could be absolutely really fucking important um you know just like 
you know, the Tesseract and Loki's staff, you know, back then it was literally just Loki's staff. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's something that was given to him to help him, you know, conquer the Earth. But then years later, we're like, oh, no, no, that's a fucking Infinity Stone. That's okay. Now, okay, yeah, it, it was definitely way more serious looking back. So, um, no doubt we're going to look back on the series and be like, oh, that's what that was setting up. Um, but the beauty of that is that we'll never know. Um, I try not to theorize too much. People ask me for theories all the time. What theories that I think that I'm following. And honestly, I've told people again and again, you know, at a certain point, I just stop theorizing, you know, no, no, no hate to those who continue to make theories, but I love uh, and I joke, I'm like, I love being emotionally abused by Marvel. <laughs> I've missed it. I've missed it. I haven't been I haven't been jerked around this hard since Endgame, and I've missed this. But honestly, yeah, I love the surprise. I love, you know, being wrong. I love being wrong. I love, you know, the surprises that come out. Like that's what that's what's entertaining. It's the thrill of not knowing what's gonna happen. It's the thrill of being confused and knowing that it's all gonna come together um, in some intricate way at the end, and we are gonna be able to look back and see, like I said, oh, they were building this up. And now that we see the entire tapestry, now that we see the entire work, we're like, oh my gosh, that's what they were doing the entire time. I love that. I honestly love it. Um, it honestly made me really frustrated when uh, people started watching WandaVision, the first two episodes, and a whole bunch of them were like, oh, it's boring. Uh, <laughs> because it didn't have all the boom, boom, pow, pow that Marvel movies usually have. And then the third or fourth episode, it, it started getting, you know, very out there. And people were like, oh, okay, well, now it's good. I know. And I try not to be a gatekeeper, but I'm like, come on, man, you're not allowed to do that. Like, you are not allowed to like it now, um, conveniently, now that there's some action and shit. Like, you know, there is an art to building worlds, to story building. Like, I feel like we have... Um, you know, especially in quarantine, you know, this need for instant gratification and no patience to sit through a well thought out storyline. And to me, that still is uh, very rewarding. I get no pleasure out of being completely right. And I know that a lot of comic book nerds were very, very upset that all of their theories came out to be wrong. Um, some were mad that they even watched the show in the first place. They're like, oh, well, that teaches me to watch something about a character I don't give a fuck about, which I think there's probably a hint of sexism in there, um, as as al- as there always is. Um, but, um, but, th- but that's the thing. Like, you know, even me as a comic book reader, I'm like, I don't want to be right. I love being wrong. I love being taken on a ride because that's what going to the movies is about. Like that's what good TV is about. That's what good writing is about. That's what good character development is about. And, um, and this was, like I said, definitely a journey and I'm excited to see what it's setting up. So basically I'm sure there's so much more that I could talk about. I could probably talk about this for hours on end, but 
For now, that is my take on WandaVision, WandaVision in review. Um, if you haven't seen WandaVision yet, you still can. Um, I don't know if you have made it, if you've been able to make it this far without running into spoilers. You are the luckiest motherfucker on the planet because they are fucking everywhere. But if you haven't watched WandaVision, all nine episodes are up on Disney Plus now. And then the bonus episode is supposed to be coming out this Friday. Friday the 12th, I believe, is the date. The the 12th, yeah, Friday the 12th. Um, and that's supposed to be a making of episode. Um, so you won't be missing, you shouldn't be missing too much, I don't believe, if you don't watch the 10th episode. But like I said, highly, highly encourage it, highly recommend. Get your tissue boxes out because you will definitely feel some feelings. But anyway, um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nick Talks. Remember to follow me on all my other social media at Nikki Marina, N-I-C-Q-U-E-M-A-R-I-N-A. That's on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And YouTube is also just Nikki Marina, the same thing. And to find out more about me, to shop merch and everything, you can go to www.nikkimarina.com. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you at the next episode. Bye. Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Talks. If you like these free episodes, please go and become a Vibranium level patron on Patreon so that you can have full access to all episodes of Nick Talks, including some really awesome exclusive interviews with some fellow uh, people in the anime community on TikTok and such. So go to patreon.com slash Nikki Marina to check out the Vibranium tier so you can get access to all of those. But for now, enjoy these free episodes.